From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside the VSIN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. We're holding it down here, Wes. How are we doing here on this fine Saturday morning? We are doing all right. A uh, lot, lot of things going on uh, this morning, especially baseball, but we're going to hit mm-hmm. football pretty heavily. We're about, I believe, five days away from the first NFL preseason game. That'll be the Hall of Fame game there it's in coming up. Canton, Ohio, with our Las Vegas Raiders against Jacksonville. Yeah, it's coming up fast and furious, the football season. Make sure to tweet at the show. We're going to be hanging out with you guys for the next three hours. Tweet at us at VEASAN Live on Twitter. At Wes Reynolds 1 is where you can find Wes. At Femi Abebefe is where you can find me. And with training camp kicking off in full next week in the NFL, we go deep dive in depth with the NFC North. Can the Packers make it four straight division titles? We'll ask our guest Ryan Wing of Fox 11 in Green Bay in 30 minutes. What's in store for Mac Jones and the Patriots in 2022? We analyze New England at 1030. Our blue chip and red chip series continues with the defensive line at the start of hour number three. We're five weeks away from week zero in college football. No better time to break down the national title futures market as we dig in at 1115. We'll also break down today's MLB card as well as Wes alluded to. But first, Wes, we begin with Kyler Murray drama coming to an end in the desert. Murray inks the five-year $230.5 million extension, $160 million guaranteed 
Uh, quick thoughts on Kyler inking that deal and what that means to the Cardinals' morale heading into this 2022 season, which a lot of the betting market thinks will be a regression to the mean. Well, second highest co- paid quarterback now in the NFL, that would be Aaron Rodgers' numero uno at $50.2 million. But you knew and you kind of felt that they were going to get a deal done. I don't. I didn't think the impasse really was going to last very long with Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. So he is back. And look, that's the market value. Value, you can say, okay, mm-hmm. should they really have paid him that money? You know, it's probably higher than based on what he's produced that he should get, but it's not always what you're worth. It's what you can get. Mm-hmm. And Kyler Murray obviously got a lot here in Arizona. So they've got that situated. And this is a team that I think, look, there's talent on this team, but I think this is a team that a lot of the market doesn't necessarily know what to do with. There are some up on them, some down on them, but a lot of people I think are kind of in the middle on this team because it's like, okay, we know they've got some talent and we know that they can score some points, even with DeAndre Hopkins out for the first several games. They've got a good receiving core. They ran the ball better last year with James Conner coming in from Pittsburgh. So (laughs) there's talent on this team, but – they always leave you wanting something more, and they yeah. usually leave you wanting something more at the end of the season because that's kind of been uh, what Cliff Kingsbury does going all the way back to his days as head coach at Texas Tech. Start out hot, and then everybody starts to believe, and then they lay that one egg, and then it's a downward momentum spiral toward the end of the season. So Arizona has got to uh, definitely reverse that trend here for 2022. And I think that's why a lot of the public sentiment, not just the betting market, but just general sports fans, are a little sour on Kyler Murray because of how things have ended over the past couple seasons. Injuries aside, I think I'm a little bit more bullish on Kyler Murray than the rest of the general public. I believe in the talent. He is just so dynamic when he is right, the ability to throw, the ability to run, his athleticism. And I think the thing that people are forgetting is that Kyler Murray has improved year over year in completion percentage mm-hmm. and also in yards per attempt. He's still a young football player. The Kyler Murray that we see today, he's – Good chance he's going to be better next year or a year after as well. So I understand why the Cardinals bought in on Kyler Murray, which seems like an expensive ticket right now. But the quarterback contracts, they know they they really appreciate over time as more and more guys get paid to where this three years down the line could be a value deal for Arizona. Yeah, and and look, this is just the trend, too, because people can point to Murray, but it's like, okay – Next up is going to be, you know, what's Joe Burrow going to get on mm-hmm. his extension? What's Justin Herbert going to get on his extension? A billion so this, dollars. <laughs> so this value, it's just going up and up, and that's just the demand of quarterbacks in the National Football League. And you are correct in terms of Kyler Murray. His production has improved. The completion percentage was the highest of his career in his third mm-hmm. season in 2021, the QBR, at 100.6. So that was the highest. The running actually went down a little bit, which probably is a good thing, actually. The fact that yeah. Arizona showed that they could run the ball with with Connor and 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 all those guys in the backfield so that's good that you're not having to run Kyler Murray all the time he's always going to be what he is in terms of the criticism that's going to stay no matter what he does because he's always going to be five foot ten He's not good. He's not growing anymore. Okay. So he's going to be a shorter quarterback. And that's always kind of the knock on him. Like Mm -hmm. that. He's really a small quarterback. Drew Brees eventually kind of overcame that stigma. And we'll see if Kyler Murray does the same, but this is kind of a, I think a make or break year for Arizona and especially for Cliff Kingsbury. He's got to show, Hey, you know, I can get this guy, guys to the playoffs and we can, you know, play a full 17 game season and not have a decline. And that's really what they have had pretty much over the last couple of years where they start out hot and then they just can't hold up. 
Yeah, no, Kyler Murray. I think uh, Russell Wilson was another guy, a shorter quarterback that succeeded as well, able to overcome the uh, the height deficiencies in the pocket there. The extension for Kyler is interesting, though, because he went kicking and screaming shortly after the season. I believe mm-hmm. it was around March. He and his agent sent out that letter. Michael Lombardi has called it a ransom letter that they mm-hmm. sent out to the Arizona Cardinals asking for an extension and maybe almost demanding an extension before Kyler would set foot on training camp. The fact that he got his money and the Cardinals obliged to those demands, do you think this sets a little bit of a bad precedent around the league here with Kyler kind of pretty much telling them, hey, pay me now or mm-hmm. you're going to have some problems? Well, I mean, it's it's just business in the National mm-hmm. Football League. And I, and I understand what Michael is saying. And Michael, you know, on the side of management, having spent most of his career in management, obviously, in the mm-hmm. National Football League. So so that that that's just the business, I, I think, in the nature of the beast. He's not going to be the last guy that's going to hold up an organization for a little bit more money. So uh, Eric Burkhart, uh, who is his agent, uh, definitely reached out to Arizona and, yeah. you know, got his way. So, I mean, that that's what you're going to do. That's just the business business of professional sports. So I don't know if it's a good precedent or a bad precedent. Everybody's case is going to be different, but nevertheless, he he did get his money and uh, now it's up to him to produce. Yeah. Eric Burkhardt, also the agent of Cliff Kingsbury, yes. the head coach. Yeah, so, so that makes it even more interesting. Yeah, that's the dynamic thought, is weird. <laughs> that's when I thought that this story broke because I think we all remember last summer when he arrived at training camp and he gave Michael Bidwell, the now the owner of the Arizona Cardinals, of course, his father, Bill Bidwell, yep. owned that team for many years. And he got this like big painting of all the Cardinal greats, you know, Larry Fitzgerald was on there and, and Mr. Bidwell, the senior uh, Bidwell was on there. So that was a gift to the owner. It's like, man, he really likes being here. We've got a great relationship. And then all of a sudden that game done changed <laughs> in a hurry. And, uh, and it has changed in a hurry for Kyler Murray. Now uh, $46.2 million. Yeah. The general manager, Steve Kime, the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, and now Kyler Murray all signed through 2027. Mm-hmm. And this is a team that has yet to win a playoff game in this regime. But what I'm sure they're pointing to is that they've been able to improve every single year since Cliff and Kyler showed up in 2019 there. I believe it was, it was five games. They won then eight games and then 11 games. They won last year. Uh, I doubt they're going to win 14 this year. It's not going to keep being increasing that win total by three, but they can point to that improvement every single year since those guys have arrived in 2019. Now that Kyler has inked his deal and this Cardinals team is going to be really interesting, but I want to ask you which quarterback you think might be next burrow and Herbert. Those guys aren't eligible for extensions until after this upcoming season, but Lamar Jackson is eligible for a mega extension. He is going into year five there in Baltimore and Lamar, I'm sure would like his money as well. However, right now he's playing nice. Do you think Lamar gets his contract before the season starts? And if he were to get that contract, what do you think it would look like? Yeah, I don't know if he gets it before the season starts because uh, one of the things about Lamar Jackson that he does have to fight a little bit is everybody's looking for him to be just a little bit better of a passer. And and, and mm. he's got a rocket arm, no question about it. Yeah. But the accuracy is a little bit in question. And you look at these numbers and you just look at the quarterbacks around the league. These guys are throwing for, you know, boilerplate average quarterbacks are throwing for 4,000 yards. Yeah. And his career high was 2019 at 3127. Now, average boilerplate quarterbacks also can't rush for 1,000 yards yeah. like Lamar Jackson <laughs> has done in two or four seasons. So you don't want to take that away. So Lamar is never going to be like that 5,000 yard passer that somebody like Mahomes could be or, mm-hmm. or a Josh Allen, but 
He's got to get, I think to me, I need to start seeing like high 3,000 yard seasons or at least getting close to 4,000 where he can make those plays in the passing game. We know that the arm strength is there. He can make the throws. He's just got to improve the accuracy a little bit. I don't know if it gets done before the season. I think Pashadi and everybody in Baltimore, look, I, I, I think they want him to be the guy, but yeah. They're looking and they're kind of doing a wait and see. It's like, okay, can this guy, you know, really take the next step for us? Because he's shown that he's very good. And I know this sounds ridiculous to say, considering he's an MVP winner, but you need to see a little bit more out of Lamar Jackson. So, uh, and 18 and 13, you saw, see that TDINT ratio on the graphic. That's not going to get it done. That's not mm -hmm. going to make you one of the max top five paid quarterbacks in the National Football League. And I think in Lamar's defense, we would have seen him get to that high 3,000s if he had stayed healthy yeah, last year. Because, yeah, because yeah, he missed the five games last yeah. year with the ankle injury. Yeah, that's another thing. Missed a couple the year before, of course, with COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he, you know, your best uh, asset is your availability, and he's got to be able to be out there. I, I do think Baltimore wants to get this done, but this is kind of a big season for this team. This is an organization that always drafts well that, you know, usually has a good defense. It was down the last couple of years. Wink Martindale, of course, now the Giants defensive coordinator. So new defensive coordinator, uh, Harbaugh goes and raids his brother's staff and brings the, <laughs> the, the assistant there. Uh, Keep it in the family. Uh, yeah, exactly. So the defense, I think, is going to return at least somewhat to form. But this is all on Lamar this year. Got to produce. And I think Lamar is looking to kind of bet on himself, almost in a similar fashion to what we saw Kirk Cousins do when he played on the franchise tag those two seasons in Washington, where he didn't want to sign the extension. He said, all right, I'm going to bet on myself, take this all the way out to free agency, and then cash in big there. So if Lamar can go ahead and win a Super Bowl or win another MVP or just put the Ravens deep into a playoff run, maybe he can then get that money and get even more money mm -hmm than what the Baltimore Ravens even wanted to give up there. Because we saw Cousins cash out big in Minnesota after he left Washington. Speaking of those Vikings, we're going to discuss them as we begin our NFC North in-depth preview here on Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever 
you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe hanging out with Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. In 15 minutes, we'll have Ryan Wing of Fox 11 in Green Bay joining us to talk all things Green Bay Packers. Can they make it four straight in the NFC North? Or is there a team that might be able to unseat the Green Bay Packers. Mm. That team could be the Minnesota Vikings, West. This Vikings team now with a new head coach. Kevin O'Connell is in after Mike Zimmer left or was fired, we should say, there in Minnesota in the Twin Cities. Uh, this Vikings team is really interesting. I know you're high on them. A lot of folks are, are a little bullish on Minnesota because of the prospects of the offense going from the archaic model to a more modern offense with Kirk Cousins and all those skill position guys. What is your 10,000-foot view of this Vikings team before we really dive, dive deep yeah, into the odds the view I was here. taking to Minnesota was the Doppler, by the way, some rain there, so that's why the 3M Open <laughs> is under rain delay. Check bet MGM, though. <laughs> right now you can bet it in play they moved it up actually because of weather in the forecast so what you're going to watch this afternoon when you turn into cbs is a tape delayed coverage if they get going scott piercy by the way four shot lead minus 155 at bet mgm but we get back to the topic at hand that would be the minnesota vikings and this is a team i am very high on i've already bet mm-hmm. them to win the division and i'm seeing if i want to add a little bit more maybe as an outsider to potentially win the nfc and i know that they're a little bit off the grid but this is a team I, I am very high on. And it's not necessarily like I'm selling the Packers because I feel like some people that may like the Minnesota Vikings are kind of liking them because they want to sell the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. But that that's not necessarily me. I, I, I think that this team last year – 
should have been a lot better than their record was. Because if you look, they lost about all the close games, Femi. And we always get that, you know, turnaround when you lose those games. It tends to find its level the next year more often than not. And you're going to be able to win those games going forward because you just go back. And it started from that first week in Cincinnati when they had, like, uh, they must have had, like, 20 holding penalties. It felt like yeah. it because the penalties really cost them. They lose in overtime to Cincinnati. They lose by one in Arizona. They lose by a touchdown down at home to Cleveland. Uh, they lose the game against Dallas when Cooper Rush came in and, and beat them up in Minneapolis. They lose the following week at Baltimore by three in OT. They lose at Detroit by two. The Rams game late in the season when the playoff hopes were still kind of hanging by a thread. That mm -hmm. was a winnable game. They lose by seven. So they lost a lot of close games last year, and I think a lot of it was the play calling and just the offensive philosophy. I, I just Mike Zimmer is more of a defensive coach, and he's more old school. And look, you want to run the ball at least a little bit with this team. When Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, one of the best backfields in the league, but you don't want to get too predictable. And I think Minnesota got very predictable on offense last year. I expect that to change. You know, it's interesting. I saw this nugget from Warren Sharp earlier this morning, and he put this stat out there. Number of games the team lost or tied in 2021 despite holding a lead at some point. The top team was the Carolina Panthers with 10. The Baltimore Ravens had eight. A lot of those games, especially down the stretch that they lost when Lamar Jackson was out but the Minnesota Vikings had seven. So that goes to your point that they were in a lot of these games and a lot of these coin flip games that didn't go their way mm -hmm. because maybe some of the coaching decisions when they got those leads got a little bit more conservative there versus opening things up because those guys with Jefferson and Thielen can be really explosive on offense. Yeah, no question about it. And and then they also had some injuries last year. Dalvin Cook missed a little bit mm -hmm. of time, uh, had some injuries also at receiver and especially on the offensive line. The offense I'm not worried about this year. And I know Kevin O'Connell was not the play caller out there in Los Angeles for that Super Bowl Rams team. That was Sean McVay. But you are going to get at least a little bit of osmosis, I think, if you're Kevin O'Connell, a former quarterback in this league. So I think he's going to be a very good coach and a very good fit with Kirk Cousins. He brings in uh, Wes Phillips. Uh, Wade Phillips, his father, is son mm -hmm. of bum on Twitter. So I'm not sure what Wes Phillips is, if he's grandson <laughs> of bum yeah, or whatever he is. But he is going to be the offensive coordinator. You have a Kirk Cousins that is in a contract year. Now, we were talking about those guys with the contracts. I don't expect Kirk Cousins to get the kind of money that these young dudes are getting like Kyler Murray and soon to be Justin Herbert and also Joe Burrow. He already got but, his payday. Yeah, exactly. So he's kind of where he is, but you look at the season last year, it wasn't a bad season. 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, uh, the best of his career in terms of not turning the football over. I think Kirk Cousins is a quarterback in the National Football League that does get a bad rap. I think at his best, he is a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League. And you look last year, 33-7, 4,200 yards. So, you know, a little bit down from his career high in Washington. But he they didn't lose because of him. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, I mean, you know, when you only turn the ball over nine times over a, a, a 16 game season, you'll take that every single year. I don't care who you are, but uh, he's got the weapons now. He's got he's got Justin Jefferson and he's got Osborne and he's got Thielen. If Irv Smith can, you know, kind of end up being that good tight end that they thought that they were getting in the draft a couple years ago, 
they're going to move the ball. This team is going to be able to score points. I think they're actually going to be pretty uh, uh, dynamic on offense this year, but it is going to be about the defense. And part of that is just getting guys back healthy. Uh, they're getting back to Neil Hunter. Mm-hmm. If he can be even close to what he was. Uh, Kendricks is a nice leader at middle linebacker for this defense. Does Patrick Peterson have anything left? I think that that's a little bit of a question, but there's talent on this defense, but that was, I think, the real disappointment for this unit last year, and that's why Mike Zimmer no longer employed in Minneapolis. Well, let's have the Kirk Cousins discussion because I think that's the fascinating one. A lot of people who are just general sports fans watch this Vikings team. They just automatically assume that Kirk Cousins can't get it done because he's just an average quarterback. And I was looking at his football reference page. You already look at some of his numbers, and his quarterback record is really interesting. Going back to 2015 when he was with the Washington now Commanders, nine and seven. Then 2016, eight, seven and one, seven and nine, eight, seven and one. Had the 10-5 year in 2019 when the Vikings went and won their first playoff game under Kirk Cousins. Then after that, seven and nine, eight and eight. By and large, and his career record for that matter, 59, 59 and two. Mm-hmm. He's a 500 quarterback for his career, and I think a lot of people think that Kirk Cousins is just an average quarterback, league average, break him 16th overall in the league. But the coaching situation from an offensive standpoint hasn't always been the best. I mean, he had Jay Gruden out in Washington. Yeah. Uh, he had the Shanahan's in Washington as well. That was the crew that drafted him. But now in Minnesota, Mike Zimmer there, while he had Kevin Stefanski as an offensive coordinator, Zimmer still had his pulse on what was going on offensively and would dictate how often they would pass on early downs versus running on early downs. Do you think this is a situation to where Kirk Cousins has been held back by coaching, especially on the offensive side of the football? Or is there something else at play here as well? I'm going to go with the former uh, more so than the latter because you got to look at what you have around you and what situations you have. He He's never been on, like, any really good teams. Now you can say, oh, he doesn't make him better. Okay, maybe somewhat fair. But there was a quarterback being discussed, and I'm not necessarily comparing them on talent, but there was a quarterback this time last year that was discussed that had a losing record. Mm-hmm. And that was one named Matthew Stafford, who was 74-90-1 as a Lions quarterback. And it's like, he played for the Lions, guys. And now he's with an actual good team in Los Angeles. And then, of course, he goes 12 and 5 in the regular season and wins the Super Bowl. I'm not putting Kirk Cousins necessarily in that stead. I think Matthew Stafford is the more talented yeah. of the two quarterbacks. That is clear. But I, I, you know, I do think Cousins, like I was saying, I think he gets a bad rap because everything kind of gets put into the consciousness of the betting public. Remember, Kirk Cousins is owing whatever it was on primetime. He had never won on like Monday Night Football as a starter. And mm. then that gets into your perception as a better just out in the general betting public. Like, oh, this guy's a loser. Like, this guy sucks. He does not suck. I think he is a very good quarterback. I wouldn't put him top three to five in the league by any stretch, but he's good enough to get you on a playoff run you don't have to necessarily I mean you kind of maybe do now but we've seen in years past you don't have to always have the elite quarterback to make a Super Bowl run it is a combination of a team if you have a good offensive line if you have a good defense that get you turnovers that get you sacks then all of a sudden a good quarterback can become a Super Bowl quarterback. So mm-hmm. I think Kirk Cousins kind of falls into that category. And uh, I, I like what Minnesota has. I, I actually like their schedule a little bit early, getting Green Bay right out of the gate. Get a statement game. Know where you are. Know where you stand right away. And I think getting Green Bay, and they are a home dog, I think I've seen two, two and a half. So they're definitely going to be a popular teaser leg mm-hmm. through those long teasers of three and seven, tease that up to eight, tease that up to eight and a half, find a dance partner with it. But – 
I think that there are some winnable games because I think that they play a lot of even teams. Like, I think they're dead even with the Eagles, and I think they're dead even with New Orleans, but they got to go on the road. If they can win, like, one of those two on the road, this team could be 4-1 and one, go into Miami and then the bye week. So get off to a good start. I think that's what the doctor ordered for the Vikings this year. Yeah, this Vikings team is really, really fascinating. And I think the, the Matthew Stafford comparison that you make there, and not comparing the talent, like you said, but just the narrative of what Stafford was, and I fell victim to it as well, of Stafford and his time in Detroit. Now, Stafford also went to Sean McVay, who had already taken Jared Goff to yes. the Super Bowl, versus the situation where Kirk Cousins is now being paired with Kevin O'Connell, so who has never even called plays. Up there yeah, in, so the, the, in the Twin Cities. Yeah, if if through osmosis, Kevin Connell has absorbed some of the Sean McVay uh, knowledge, and we saw maybe Zach Taylor did that a little bit going to the Super mm-hmm. Bowl with Cincinnati, then maybe this Vikings team can fulfill some of these expectations that have been out there over the last handful of years. I'm still a little skeptical of the Kevin O'Connell love, just because he, not only has he never coached uh, as a head coach, but he's also never called plays, but we shall see. I'm going to try to take the wait-and-see approach. You're a little bit higher on them. You're diving in already pre-flop on this Vikings team to win the NFC North. On the other side, Ryan Wing of Fox 11 in Green Bay joins us to talk all things Green Bay Packers. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. The college football betting guide is out now, and the pro football guide is coming soon. There is no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of the football betting guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a VEASAN all-access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Reynolds. I know Wes contributes heavily to our betting guide, so make sure to subscribe to that. Always good nuggets in that guide for you folks that are trying to start out as betters, or also if you want to just clean up the tools there as well and get some good information. Well, we're going to get some good information from our guest joining us now. He is Ryan Wing, sports director over at Fox 11 in Green Bay. Ryan, we appreciate you joining us as you've often done throughout the past year. Let's talk Green Bay Packers. What is the biggest question mark, in your opinion, heading into training camp next week? Wide receiver. That's pretty simple. Devontae Adams is gone. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is gone. Equinemius St. Brown is gone. Who's going to be Green Bay's top wideout? Is it an oft-injured Sammy Watkins? Is it Alan Lazard? Is it Randall Cobb, who's getting up there in age? Is it one of the younger guys that they drafted? I think that is clearly the number one question going into campus. Who's their top wide receiver going to be? And uh, Ryan, what have you been hearing? Just kind of talking to some of the players and the, your colleagues that cover this team. Do you think mm-hmm. one of these two young guys is going to step up? Of course, they traded up to get Christian Watson mm-hmm. out of North Dakota State in the second round. Romeo Dubs was a big player at Nevada. They get him in the fourth round. Do you expect one or both of them to step up this year? This year, I don't. I think Christian Watson has to, but I don't see any making a big jump this year or this as a rookie, because you rarely see rookies under Aaron Rodgers have big years. Jordy Nelson didn't. Greg Jennings didn't. Devontae Adams didn't. All their big name wide receivers really started to make that jump in year two, year three. So I think year one is going to be really tough to see either of those guys play really, really well. Who's it going to be? I would lean Alan Lazard. He has probably 
I guess Randall Cobb has the best chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, but Alan Lazard is, is probably their best threat at this point, I would say. And one guy, if you are that I did not mention that I think could make a leap. He was not good and barely played much as a receiver last year is Amari uh-huh. Rogers. Mm. He said during um, mini camp that he lost about six, seven pounds, trimmed his body fat down. He didn't like the, the shape, the playing weight he was at last year. I think he needs to have a, a, a better season for sure for this team. We're speaking with Ryan Wing, sports director at Fox 11 in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm talking all things Green Bay Packers. So with Devontae Adams out, you mentioned all the rookie wide receivers, these first-year guys who don't really have a lot of that production with Aaron Rodgers right off of the bat. How will this offense change? Is this going to be more of a running caliber offense leaning toward Aaron Jones and those guys that they have in the backfield? I think that's what Matt LaFleur loves to do. Aaron Rodgers might not love that, but I think he's going to have to this year because – they could theoretically, you could say they have the the top running back duo, probably them and the Browns in the entire NFL with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. I don't know if you guys saw this video that went viral last week. AJ Dillon did the Oklahoma drill on a mascot in minor league baseball. And I pity that intern who gets paid like $11 and 50 cents getting speared by, by AJ Dillon. Like, come on now. So like <laughs> he probably wasn't going full speed, which might've saved that poor soul's life. Um, but AJ Dillon's, I think underrated nationally because that dude's impossible to bring down. I, and I think you're going to see those guys used in the passing game a lot too. So, uh, Ryan, of course, you brought up uh, old number 12, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, what, you know, last year, obviously, there was the contract <laughs> impasse and there was a lot more drama, not just uh, with the organization, but also in his personal life. What are you mm-hmm. hearing about, like, kind of his mindset coming into the season is now all of a sudden, you know, he looks at all his receivers, as you mentioned, gone or his yep. previous receivers, kind of like Will Smith, you know, when they were moving out in the season finale on the Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel Air and he's looking around, you know, who's here. So what do you think 12's mindset is going into the season? I think his mindset's in a really good place. At least I would think we only got a chance to talk to him once um, during uh, mandatory mini camp. Uh, So I think he's in a good place mentally. He's been, I think in a good place the last couple of years, actually mentally. I know everything off the field was crazy last year, but on the field, he was in a really good place mentally. Um, I still think, this still might be his last year. I know he signed that extension, but if you look deeper into that contract, it can, it really kind of can be just a year to year thing. So we might have to deal with the, will he, won't he Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers part 18 next summer. So really <laughs> oh looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah. But that's not this summer. We know this summer is good. He will show up to training camp on time. We don't have to wonder. Cause at this point a year ago, I don't even think he knew if he was coming back to play football. I don't think he said he decided until like, the Sunday or Monday before camp began. Yeah, I think it was this time last year when a lot of people were jamming the Minnesota Vikings to win the NFC North when we all thought that Aaron Rodgers was getting mm-hmm. sent to retire. Then he makes the flip and then ends up going back to training camp and all those Viking tickets went up in smoke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've talked a lot yep. about this offense, Ryan, but the defense is really, I think, yeah. what the calling card is going to be for the Packers this year. Would you say that this is the best defense that they've had in this Aaron Rodgers era? Oof. He's played a long time. Um... In the Aaron Rodgers era, it's going to be up there, I think, because they have a lot of really young, good talent. I think they're really high on Quay Walker. 
in, in why they're two rookie picks out of Georgia. They like them a lot. Devondre Campbell was a first team all pro this year. Still feels like he is underrated nationally. Um, Rashawn Gary was really, really good last year. Preston Smith was, wasn't as good as he was the year before, but still pretty talented. Yeah. Kenny Clark in the middle is really good. And then I think they have the best secondary in football with Jair Alexander coming back healthy this season. Eric Stokes, who was really good as a rookie, you had to throw him into the fire last year. And then Rasul Douglas was maybe the pickup of the season in season in the entire NFL mm-hmm. last year. He led the Packers in picks. And then you have Adrian Amos and Darnell Savage are just really, really solid at safety. So, yeah, I think their defense is going to be easily top five, maybe even top three in the NFL this year. Wow. And they, if their offense did anything in that playoff game last year, they'd have won the game because the defense allowed three points, seven points. I can't remember. It wasn't much. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan, uh, let's get a little bit of a macro view on the NFC North, and that's kind of what we're doing on the program today. Mm-hmm. We've already talked about the Minnesota Vikings, new coach there in Kevin O'Connell. Kirk Cousins finally gets kind of an offensive guy. Detroit, I've heard a lot of the metrics guys and the pro football focus guys higher on this team maybe than the market. And then the Bears, of course, are rebuilding. So uh, give kind of just a basic overview of, of the division, and do you think somebody finally comes and challenges Green Bay and more than likely it would probably be Minnesota? Yeah, I've also thought it would be the Vikings the last couple of years, and I've been proven wrong just because their talent is too good. I, I've heard somebody say, I, I don't know who, so I can't take credit for this, um, getting off of Mike Zimmer is probably gaining two or th- maybe three wins a season. So, like, I know it's a, a new coach, but, like, it can't hurt because it seemed like he had kind of overstayed not as welcome because he'd been there a while. But their talent's really good. Kirk Cousins, listen, he gets paid a lot and – you probably don't love him as your quarterback, but he's better than the alternative in, in most cases, I would say. I love Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. They have a pretty good defense. But to answer your full macro question, no, I don't think anybody's going to topple the Packers this year. We keep thinking maybe this is the year somebody takes down Green Bay. It hasn't happened yet. So fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. If I think the Vikings are going to do it, I, I would be surprised if the Packers did not win this division. You mentioned the Lions. They should be better. Um, are they good enough to sneak into one of those new playoff spots? I don't know. Is their defense good enough? I think that's the big question. They should have some firepower on offense, depending on what you think of Jared Goff. Yeah, right now the Vikings plus 260 to win the division over at BetMGM. Lions plus 850. The Bears 10 to 1. The long shot. Ryan, we got about a minute left here. Green Bay's win total set at 10 and a half. Would you go over or under? Oh man, I wish I had that schedule in front of me. Uh, so, so if it's 10 and a half, 11, oh, there we go. Thank you. 11 <laughs> and six. Matt LaFleur's won 13 games every single year. Uh, I'll take the over. Yeah. No, I, I understand why you take the over. I mean, in my opinion, I think the Packers are going to win the division again because they have the best quarterback, the best defense, and the best coach, in my opinion, in this division. Mm-hmm. But Minnesota is lurking, and I think the potential there with Mike Zimmer yeah. gone, they could maybe have a big season up there in the Twin Cities. He is Ryan Wing, sports director over at Fox 11 in Green Bay. Ryan, we appreciate you joining us as always. It's a Saturday. Quick thoughts on the Badgers. You think Wisconsin's going to challenge Ohio State in the Big Ten? No. <laughs> Nobody challenges Ohio State in the Big Ten, so no. Yeah, that's well, probably, probably that, the right that, answer that, as well. That's a consensus here, of <laughs> yeah, course. Definitely consensus. Thanks, Ryan, as always, for the time. We'll talk soon. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> um, no, it's interesting. Uh, and I kind—I think I—, I, I 
I understand what you're saying with Minnesota, but I just keep going back to best quarterback, best defense, best coach. I think it resides in Green Bay. So until proven otherwise, I think I got to go with the pack to win this division. Yeah, I'm being anticipatory here, mm-hmm. and I'm you know I'm stepping out on a limb a little bit with Skull. Yeah, no, Minnesota definitely has the potential to do it, though. That is for sure. On the other side, we turn our attention to the Major League Baseball diamond. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM is pitching baseball fans a chance to swing for the fences. Register using code VSIN200 and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 Moneyline wager on any Major League Baseball game and either team hits a home run regardless of your bet's outcome. Enjoy baseball like never before with BetMGM all season long. Sign up today with the king of sportsbooks. Eligibility restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are sub to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Welcome back. This is Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Femi Bebefe alongside Wes Reynolds here at the VEASAN Studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We're going to take a halftime on our NFC North in-depth preview. We talked Green Bay Packers in the last segment with our guy Ryan Wing over at Fox 11 in Green Bay. Had great nuggets for us as always. But Wes, let's turn our attention to Major League Baseball because we have a game that's about to get underway in less than 30 minutes over on the south side of Chicago between the Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox trying to get back into this AL Central race dropped one last night to the Cleveland Guardians at home. They're now minus 115 on the money line. The favorite today. Guardians are Minus 105. This is the first of a doubleheader. Total sitting at 8, minus 110 each way. Yeah, it's a broken record, really, with the White Sox. I know we've been talking about this team a lot lately, thinking, okay, there's going to be a buy spot. Now they're kind of seemingly getting healthy, even though Robert went on the, uh, I believe, the 10-day IL yesterday. But they're more healthy, at least at the plate, than they've been. But what is costing them, once again, the two starters that need to be a lot better, Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, it was Giolito last night, only went three innings, gave up nine hits and uh, six earned runs, only struck out two. So eight to two win to start the series for the Guardians. It's going to be uh, Tristan McKenzie and Johnny Guido. Tristan McKenzie off his best start of the season right before the break. 12 strikeouts and eight innings pitch against the Detroit Tigers last time out. So a very good start for McKenzie's coming in against Johnny Cueto. And, you know, Johnny Cueto has been stabilizing, I think, for the White Sox. If he hasn't been as effective as he was, this team might be four, five, six games under 500 mm-hmm. at this standpoint. You look 261 on the XFIP, 417 on the, or 417 on the XFIP, 261 on the ERA. So it looks like just when you look at those two numbers, regression could potentially be coming. But, you know, this might be where you can lay a reasonable price with the White Sox going against McKenzie off that really good start. And and McKenzie's been, I think, very solid this season, seven and five and 16 starts, but kind of pitched a little bit above his skis. And sometimes when a guy does that in a start, they tend to regress to their normal numbers. I think maybe Tristan McKenzie does that today. I have not bet this game, but uh, I have no problem with the small price on the Southsiders. It's basically 110 in the market, a little bit 108 and change, depending if you shop around, save a couple cents. But I'm going to go with Cueto in the White Sox in game number one. Game number two, by the way, it is a day-night doubleheader there on the south side. It is Pilkington, the left-hander for the Guardians, against one Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, it's been a rough return from the DL for him. One and three and seven starts. 750 on the ERA, uh, 408 on the XFIP, so maybe some positive regression. But he just has been getting himself in the jams and hasn't been able to get out of them. So mm-hmm. Lynn in the second game, by the way, I think at BetMGM, minus 175 plus $1.45. 
the take back on the night game, but that'll adjust because betters with these double headers, oftentimes they'll bet against what they have in game one. So if game one goes over, then they go under for the second game thinking that it's going to even out. So that's a batter to obviously watch for with these double headers here in baseball. That to me sounds like such poor logic of the it, gambler's it, fallacy. It <laughs> like, like, why, like why would you make, like, unless you actually believe the game is going to play that way from a pure handicapping standpoint, mm-hmm. but to be like, Oh, well it went over in game one. Well, Got to go under well, game two. Like, because what? there's so many different dynamics too. You always, obviously first thing first, you got to look at the pitching matchup mm-hmm. and then look at who is in the lineup. Look at who is getting a rest and, and whatnot. So yeah, I don't really necessarily like to do that where it's like, okay, the do factor, the do factor yeah. is the gambler's worst enemy. Yes. I think when you, when you're looking at that and uh, speaking of lineup here for game one, uh, no Elo Jimenez, no Tim Anderson, and no A.J. Pollock. So you're still seeing Josh Naylor, by the way, also out for the Cleveland Indians. So a uh, little bit of a patchwork lineup for the White Sox. Uh, still a very small favorite, but that's why I think the price is a little bit smaller. And that's why it's probably not like $1.20 or $1.25 mm-hmm. because you've got three regular starters. That lineup for the White Sox, Harrison, Moncada, Vaughn, Abreu, Grandal is back. He just returned, I believe, last night. He's going to DH Gavin Sheets, Zavala. Garcia and Angle. So you could see the back end of the lineup. A couple of those guys aren't usually in that starting batting order, but I still like the South Siders here. Bounce back from a very poor effort last night. Speaking of poor efforts, Fenway Park last night, the Red Sox gave up 28 runs against the Toronto Blue Jays, losing 28 to 5. The Blue Jays are the favorites this afternoon. Once again at Fenway Park, Blue Jays minus 155, Red Sox plus 125. The total is at nine and a half, juice to the under. Do the Red Sox bounce back after the big loss last night? Yeah, well, Cutter Crawford has really struggled at home a little bit this season. He's getting Alec Manoa, who's kind of one of those guys, a little bit down on that side. List. I think he was like fifth or sixth choice where it's like, okay, is there some value on this guy? 247 road ERA, even though his XFIP is 405 on the road. So that's kind of a little bit of a red flag, I think, to really lay this this price, even though the Blue Jays bullpen has been pretty solid over the last couple weeks because they were in a funk heading into the all-star break, but now six and four over their last 10 games. So, you know, I, I realize it's easy to go ahead and back a team that had 28 runs and 29 hits last night. Cause it's like, Oh, maybe the bats are hot. And I think the market certainly has done that. This was a mm-hmm. 145 on the opener seeing as high as 165. I think it's still uh, 155 at bet MGM uh, total getting slightly bet to the under. And that's actually where I would lean uh, nine and a half minus a dollar 20, pretty much across the board. You know, seeing what we saw last night, did, did the Blue Jays exhaust all their bullets in terms of the lineup? But Cutter Crawford has got to be obviously better at home than he has been this year. Nothing on the side here because I don't necessarily want to back the Red Sox because Rafael Devers looks like he is going to get the rest tonight. He is out of the starting lineup. So, you know, arguably best player on your team and he's not going to go. So that's tough for me to back the Red Sox. But if I go anywhere, I'm going under nine and a half. My beloved Seattle Mariners, the streak was snapped last night. 14 straight wins. The Astros came in and really from right at the first pitch, took it right to them. Jose Altuvo knocking that first pitch out of the park from Marco Gonzalez. And it was all she wrote from then on. The Astros now at 110 afternoon, the first pitch, Logan Gilbert, Justin Verlander, Houston's minus 150, the road favorite, Seattle's plus 125, the home dog. Totals at seven because of the guys we have on the mound, juice to the under, minus 115. 
is this the show them who's boss series that we were talking about last night with Houston trying to flex their muscles against a uh, frisky Seattle team yeah. that's made a surge as of late? I think it very well could be, uh, of course, uh, Houston now a sizable lead. Uh, you know, Mariners had that winning streak snapped again, and and sometimes that's hard to come back the next game. I think uh, mm. Dave Tooley at vcin.com, I believe, refers to it as anti-swagger when a team has a streak snapped and then tough to go back to him the next game. Justin Verlander obviously has been as solid as ever. You anticipate maybe a little bit of negative regression because the XFIP is about 334 and the ERA is 189. He's been getting a little bit of luck on his side, batting average balls in play, just 236 so far against Justin Verlander, but Logan Gilbert's also had his fair share of luck. Uh, the average exit velocity just under 91 miles an hour. So we saw a soft tosser last night, uh, Marco Gonzalez, and he mm-hmm. got taken yard, I believe, on three occasions very yep. early in the game. So uh, Logan Gilbert has had a nice year, and, and 10 and 3, I believe. I think it's uh, 19 starts, but. The peripherals, you know, kind of maybe say that that record could be slightly phony, not totally phony, but uh, he's a uh, fugazi. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 uh, yeah, absolutely, because that's what you got to look at in terms of uh, you know, the XFIP and then the average exit velocity. Those are the numbers you really got to look at. Uh, uh, Verlander, one of the impressive things, he's not hardly walking anybody. He's only got a four and a half percent walk rate. So the fact this guy comes back from Tommy John still throws good velocity. On his fastball, still strikes guys out. The bullpen has been terrific of late. It was certainly terrific last night. I, we were watching that game actually mm-hmm. together, and bases loaded, and Ryan Stanek just goes back and rips one over 100 miles an hour and yeah. gets out of the jam. So, you know, the Houston Astros have been able to do that all year. So, if I'm going anywhere, I'm going Astros here. And if I don't want to lay it, another way to bet it may be to bet the team total over which I believe mm-hmm. is about three and a half runs. So that might be the better bet instead of laying this against uh, Logan Gilbert, who's has had some good results this year at home. I like that bet in some of those derivative markets there, as opposed to just maybe laying because, the price. Because it makes it another way, you know, sometimes yeah. you can bet like a side through the total and it's not just in baseball either. It's really in all sports, but oh, yeah. that is a way I would look at it. Like if you don't want to necessarily, you, the price gets away from you, go ahead and lay that team total. I'm seeing three and a half minus a dollar 20 out there in the market. Also Julio Rodriguez, the Mariners young phenom did not play in last night's game due to a injury to his wrist. It said it was a jammed wrist according to manager Scott service uh, that happened before the all-star break service is hoping that Rodriguez can play either today or tomorrow. That remains to be seen on the other side. We start our number two, trying to restore the roar in motor city. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings for the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.